You're listening to Parenting Our Future with certified parent coach, Robin McMahon, author of The Yelling Cure and founder of Parenting for Connection. My podcast is all about providing you with the tools and solutions you need in your parenting so you can create the family you always wanted. Everybody, it's Robin here. Welcome back to Parenting Our Future. Okay, guys, we're going to talk about money, but in a fun way. I promise I have a super, super fun guest, and you guys are just going to love his accent anyway. So I have Chris Farrell with me today. He is recognized and known as one of the most in demand speakers in the world on the subject matter of business growth and marketing. Having spent the last decade helping adults achieve financial freedom, he has now turned his focus into the area that he feels has a much greater impact, and that is helping the next generation of kids and teens become smart with money. He has co-founded Financial Freedom, or Financial Freedom, and co-authored Rethink Money for Children and Teens. Chris and his team are now on a mission to reach one million young people in the next two years to help them deal with and talk about money. Welcome, Chris. I'm so happy to have you here. What an introduction, Robin. I... Really appreciate those super nice words. Hi to everyone, all the listeners of Parenting Our Future podcast. I appreciate you, you know, giving a bit of your time to listen to this guy with this English accent. So it's a treat to be here, Robin. Thank you for the, thank you for the invites. Well, you are more than welcome. And I am so happy to talk about this. I haven't talked about this subject yet on this podcast and we need to, we need to talk about money. I I have been stalking you online. I have been listening (laughs) to some of your episodes. I thought if I'm going to spend time with this young lady, I need to know some of her, what she's talked about. And you're right. I haven't, I didn't hear anything about finance. I think, oh, this could be, uh, this could be hopefully a, a fun conversation. So thank you. Yeah. Well, let's do it. Let's talk about money. Let's talk about how, okay. Let's just start at the beginning here because all of my life, uh, you know, money has been taboo. We don't talk about money. Um, I knew that when I was growing up, my parents struggled with money. Um, I have carried over some baggage with money because of that. Um, and so, you know, not talking about money doesn't really work for us, does it? Because we're in more debt than I think any generation ever before, right? Well, it's very open and vulnerable and honest of you to, to share that. And I think most listeners, and I include myself, can probably relate to that. In fact, I, I would expand that thought even a tiny bit further. I think there's two things that are not taught in schools. One is financial literacy. The second is mental health, which I'm equally as yeah. passionate about. And they're both, you know, hugely important subject matters. Now, we're not particularly here to talk about mental health per se, although you could argue that that does spill into financial literacy as well. But why is, you know, basic financial skills, even things like how to balance a checkbook, not that we really use checkbooks much (laughs) these days, but these simple things are not taught in schools. Now, what happens as a result, as we become adults, we don't really feel that we're really that worthy to kind of be that knowledgeable about money, certainly not to educate our children on a subject matter that we feel we haven't got a grasp on and so what happens well nothing happens and so the circle kind of completes as we get older we know that we should be talking to our kids our teens about finance we don't really feel that we've got the knowledge or the you know the experience to talk about it so we kind of brush it under the carpet and that as you correctly said that you know the the stats alone I mean the, the amount of debt uh, I'm using American figures here, but it's generally really the same sort of worldwide. 95% yeah. of people, 95% of people are in some sort of debt or scarcity. 95% of people, Robin, when they go to a restaurant, first thing they look at, 
is the price and then they move left and they look at what the food can match the price the first oh. thing when they look at for a holiday is the price and then they kind of go backwards and think oh i could go to spain i could go to paris for that 95 percent. now it should not be the case and the reason for that is we're simply not educated all change starts with education and that's really why we wanted to create financial freedom to educate as you correctly said the next generation on how to become financially smart Wow, that is, that's so true. So how, where do we start? How do we start? <laughs> well, can we go um, back in time? Exactly. It'd be nice, wouldn't it? I've always enjoyed that expression. They said, when's the best, uh, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The second best time is, is now. Isn't and it's absolutely true. Yeah. And the funny thing that we've discovered about teaching financial skills to children is ironically, we didn't really being totally transparent with you sort of think about this. It's, it's, the, we're getting just as many messages from parents and adults that are that are enjoying yeah. what we're sharing because i think all of us i certainly include myself in this you know we, we live in this society where we're bombarded with tiktok and Instagram, and facebook and everything mm. is so fast and none of us have got attention spans so i think if somebody could kind of well let me zoom out a little bit the basic law of any business is supply and demand any business that essentially supplies anything where there is a demand for generally does quite well. And we have discovered that there is, if you like, um, a, a huge gap in the market for financial literacy, literacy explained simply. And yeah. so that's really what we wanted, wanted to do. And my business partner and I, when we set up the company, and there's about 20 of us now involved, um, we, we started off, as you very kindly said in your introduction, we started off teaching um, adults about business and entrepreneurship, and uh, I still enjoy doing that. But it was at some of these events, and it was, it was, you know, I can't take credit for this, Robin, at all. It was uh, uh, some of these events that parents would bring their kids because the babysitter fell through, for example. <laughs> and it really was that thing that kids would sit there quietly looking quite bored at these old people on stage talking about stuff. And yet they would then implement some of the things that we were suggesting. And at one of our events in particular, a kid came up to us and we were talking about, it was actually affiliate marketing. And th this, this child had, had done exactly what we suggested. He'd found a product. It was soap, would you believe? He'd created an affiliate link for some soap. And during lunch break, he'd, he'd tweeted it out to his followers and he made $110 through affiliate commissions. Now, the, <laughs> point, the point is, it's not really about the money, although of course that's nice. The point is the, the kid did something. And it was like, that's, for, for us, it was such an eye-opening moment. It's like all of us as adults, we've all got limiting beliefs. We all kind of, you know, don't think we're good enough. We all suffer from some sort of imposter syndrome. And, you know, that, again, that's another subject matter. But, but children and teens, they are more open to not having the, this resistance at first. So it kind of made, this is a, sorry, Robin, forgive me, this is a relatively long-winded way of me saying. So we decided to pivot and think, you know, it would make more sense to teach financial literacy, to teach financial skills to the next generation, who, of course, let's be perfectly frank about it, also have the advantage of time on their side. So if you, if you can sow some smart financial seeds at an early age, and I mean like in your 15, 16, 17 years old, mm -hmm. even younger, gosh, by the time you're 30, you could be financially set up for life. Mm. Uh, and this is stuff that I wish that I'd done. I'm sure you're the same as well. But, uh, yeah. but anyway, as we said earlier, the second best time to plant a tree is now. So we can still, as, adult, as adults, we can still implement some of this stuff now. But really that's kind of where the germ of the idea started, realizing that actually these financial, um, financial education, if you like, if we can seed it, no pun intended, at an early age, then that will pay dividends for the children and the teens, you know, 15, 20 years later. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's a really important 
especially now, like when I look at teens now, and I have two teens, I have a 15 year old and almost 13 year old. And, you know, one of the things so that I think of as a, as a parent first is I see a lot of gaming first and foremost. And so these games are very diabolical, right? Because you can't, um, you can't play without putting money in. So this is something that comes up for us. And I know it, it may seem off topic, but it's not because our kids don't really have a concept. Our kids, my kids don't really have a concept of money and what it's like, like, you know, they'll come up to me and they'll say, <clears throat> can I buy this thing for $3? I'm like, okay, well, is it just $3 or, it, you know, and then it turned out it's $3 and 95 cents. Okay. Is it Canadian or is it American? Uh, oh, it, it's American. Uh, okay. So it's not $3 and it's yeah. not, it's not $4. It's actually more than that. So there's, there's sort of this like whole concept that we didn't realize we were getting into when we allowed them something as, you know, as sort of innocent. So we thought, uh, you know, as starting them on gaming. So, so I, I bring that up because I think this is so important and teach me, how do I teach my kids now? I feel like it's <laughs> okay. So if we can't go back in time to my five-year-old self, um, then how do, how do I go and talk to my kids now about it? What do I do now? Well, wouldn't it be great if that essentially the same thing that they're playing that game on, let's use a phone as an example. Okay. It might be a, you know, PlayStation. Wouldn't it be great if they could then use that to generate a little, a little bit of an extra income, maybe to not have to come to mom to ask for that three or $4 and listening. Wouldn't that be amazing? So yes. we've one thing that I have, have realized since we, we launched financial and this happened quite a lot when we were doing events before, of course, the whole world closed down. It was incredible to see teens. We put on quite lots of events around the world for teens. Teens would, if you like, I could see in the whites of their eyes, their hunger to, to better their lives, to make a difference to their lives, to make a difference to their family. But some, they just didn't know exactly what to do. They knew that something could be done. So let's use this gaming um, as an example. One of the things that we teach is um, an introduction into making money. Now, the funny thing about making money, particularly at a young age, is obviously the pounds, the dollars, the euros in a bank account, you know, obviously that's a nice feeling. But I would argue what's even more important than that is that feeling of confidence that you that you allow a, ch a child or teen to to experience firsthand when they have created something often from their mobile device that has generated them a little bit of extra income. That's why, although we're here talking about finance and one of financials goals is to teach children and teens how to become financially smart, our overriding goal, our BHAG, as Jim Collins talks about in his book, Good to Great, is to empower children and teens to lead extraordinary lives. Mm -hmm. Now that starts with getting a grip on your finances. Why does it start with getting a grip on your finances? Because that's something that's tangible. You can see the results. Yeah. But here's the thing, just to loop back to my earlier point, if you, if you start to get a grip on your finances, and I'm sure many adults listening right now will feel the same, but if you start to get a grip on your finances, you're probably gonna start to pay a bit more attention to your health. And if you start to pay a bit more attention to your health, you're probably gonna start to pay a bit more attention to your relationships and it has a real compounding effect so to loop back to the beginning we start with teaching children and teens how to become financially smart mm -hmm. so again back into back to your your two teens what we would do in this case is we would introduce them let's say to maybe something such as e-commerce the world of e-com more and more people are making money using literally 
a mobile device. Look at the amount of apps that are out there. And, and you may have heard of these, you may not have heard of these, but there's apps such as uh, Depop and uh, Minted and uh, even Facebook Marketplace that we've all heard of. But there's many teens that we know that are making, might only be $100 a month, but what they're doing is they're looking at clothes. I'll use an example of clothes that are in their closet that they've either grown out of or they didn't even like mm. and rather than throwing them away like most of us did when we were kids they're now taking a picture on their phone uploading it to depop <laughs> or to or to minted or to vintage or the, these other sites as well macari is another site as well that does this and then they're just seeing a sale coming through and they might only make 40 dollars or 80 dollars a month but what's happening here is suddenly for the first time in their life they've created this little literally bedroom business selling stuff completely 100% online, completely using their mobile phone. You and I, when we were kids, we never even had this opportunity. We never had a window to the world with a, a device that is essentially with us 24 seven. Mm. So my point for saying this is really what we're trying to do is we're trying to educate mm. children and teens to start thinking differently. A lot of children and teens have probably never thought about, gosh, you know, rather than asking mum for three or $4 for this computer game, I've got a pair of shoes that I haven't worn for six months in my closet that I could put online right now, maybe in an hour of playing, they might have sold for $20. That is incredible because yeah. the feeling, as I say, the feeling then of self-confidence and self-esteem, and that's really what excites us the most. That's why, as I mentioned, our goal with Financial is to empower children and teens to lead extraordinary lives. It's not based just on finance, but we start with finance to build the confidence to really essentially turn these wonderful human beings into, it sounds a bit cliche, but it's true, into the best versions of themselves. Yeah. So in your case, that's what I would say. I would say, look, let's look at, rather than you sitting in your bedroom all day, let's work at leveraging your time and your expertise mm and let's look around you and it all it requires like anything in life it just requires us thinking slightly differently about mm. things we, we all know that saying if you do what you've always done you're going to get what you've always got mm. so we really teach children and teens to, to start to look at things a little bit differently from mm. maybe how they have before wow that is that's really cool and and you're so right you, you took the words out of my mouth i was going to say like the world is changing and we can't just look at the world the way it was when we were teens right because there are so many different opportunities i mean you know uh i think this is this is a phenomenal idea uh with e-commerce like that is just a phenomenal idea uh i love it and you know it, as a parent if you can be on board with that and say hey listen you know what I, I know that i bought you those shoes and you know they're they're fine if but if you're not wearing them then yeah let's turn them into something you know that tangible oh, uh, gosh that, you know? and you robin you never you just don't know that seed that you're going to sow as a parent yeah. you don't know where that will go and that's why i say it's not really about the money if you teach your child a teen and and it's really easy to set things up like this within 20 minutes if they they suddenly have this grasp that they did this themselves then i mean let's let's continue with e-commerce e-commerce itself is a multi-trillion dollar industry i mean just mm. look at the lockdown we've all had you know that the sales online have gone through the roof more and more people are exploring having a side hustle selling something online e-commerce is not going away imagine being introduced to this world that didn't even exist really 15 years ago as a kid as a teen from something as simple as having an app which you can download for free on your phone and everybody has a phone so again we're just really wanting to encourage children and teens to start thinking a little bit entrepreneurially which is probably 
for many, something they have not thought of before. They're all interested in making money and bettering themselves and looking after their family. They just need that guidance of, okay, we understand that, but that's the end goal. We can't start at the end. It's like we need the roadmap. We need the stepping stones. How are you going to get there? Well, here's how you're going to get there. Let's start with, as I say, in this case, an econ business. And this is just one of the many things that we teach inside financial. Yeah. Well, and, and what I like about that too, is that, you know, that one transaction, if you will, of the shoes to the marketplace to money. I mean, what, what they're having to do is they're having to communicate. They're having to, you know, um, to schedule their time because they're going to meet up with the person they're going to, you know, there's, there's a lot of moving parts that are very mature. And, uh, and I think are, you know, one, one thing encourages many different uh, skills that are real life skills, right? So this is really, this is really great. And we can be there to nurture them through it, to support them through it, to guide them through it. Um, because most of us have done, you know, those kinds of things already on marketplace or, you know, all those sure. other, you yeah. know, apps and, and that sort of thing. So I love that. Um, what about saving money? So great question. So one thing that we teach, well, let me back up a little bit. One thing that we teach inside, uh, inside financial is, we have a thing that we call it our, our LEAP model, L-E-A-P. And okay. what we wanted to do is, is, well, let me back up even a little bit further. When it comes to the subject of money, it's such a vast subject matter. One thing about me, I suspect you might be similar, is I really like to keep things simple. <laughs> I find mm-hmm. it so easy in life, you know, so many people can overcomplicate things, including no businesses kidding, particularly. Yeah. And it's very easy to do that. And um, it's people that overcomplicate things. You know, systems work, it's people that fail, often due to overcomplicating things. So when it comes to teaching finance, we want to keep it really simple. So we, we've created this simple uh, process that we call the LEAP process. Okay. And uh, LEAP, L-E-A-P, of course, stands for learn, earn, accelerate, and play. And uh, this is me. I'm coming on to answer your question about savings. So within mm. this four structure of leap, every, when somebody logs into our members area, every uh, month, there's a new leap that's unlocked. And the L section stands for learn teaches something about money. And our, our thinking is we want a child or a teen when their head hits the pillow at night to think, huh, I didn't know that this morning about money. That's interesting. And it can be anything from such as how the banking system works or how credit cards work or what interest is or what cryptocurrency is. A lot of things that most adults don't know, really. If you ask an adult to explain, um, you know, an interest rate. Okay, sure. Many may understand that. But things such as compounding, that's a perfect example of something that we've all heard about, but most people don't really know what compounding is. Now, Einstein called compounding the eighth wonder of the world. Warren Buffett, arguably the greatest investor ever, when he gets asked, which he gets asked often, what's your number one tip for growing wealth? He says, easy. My number one tip is tapping into the power of compounding. So again, compounding is one of these words, sounds a bit scary, sounds a bit dull, sounds a bit boring, don't really know what it means, and most people don't look at it. But if these super smart people have said that this is the one thing that they have used to catapult themselves to success financially, then shouldn't we at least explore this? So that's one of the many things that we explore inside the the L section in in leap we want to teach children and teens something about money so that's the learn section then we jump onto the e of leap which is which is earn and then every month we teach something that a child or teen can do from home to create 
some wealth like e-commerce like we just spoke about or it could be we, we pivot actually between on and offline businesses because we appreciate not everybody might want an online business some might be a bit more old school whether it's a, um, i don't know a garage sale or a you know um, a car wash for your neighbors or something like that but we're just encouraging children and teens to start to think entrepreneurially so just so we're clear, because I like to keep it really simple. We, we, we teach something about money. Once we've taught something about money, we then say, okay, now you've learned a little bit about compounding. Let's go and make you some money. That's in the earn section. Then we move on to the A of LEAP, L-E-A-P. The A, and this is me answering your question now, Robin. No, the good. A stands for, Oh, thank you. <laughs> the it. A stands for accelerate. And the accelerate means how to grow and scale your money. Mm. And this is, so we want to kind of go through a logical process. We want to learn about money, we want to make some money. Now, if you've got a tiny bit of coming in, even if it's $50 a month, which is fine, how do we grow and scale it? Well, we grow and scale it through saving and investing. One mm. of the many things that we teach, and it almost sounds a bit blasphemous because particularly some adults are thinking, what, you can't say that? But we teach that you're never going to earn your way to wealth. Now, that sounds a weird thing to say. It's like, oh, surely it doesn't make any sense. Mm. But it's, it's actually true. Now, I should just say every rule has exceptions, of course. You know, there's always going to be exceptions in any rule. If you get a job and you stay in there for 50 years or 40 years and get to the very, very top and get paid, you know, a million a year or get shares. Yes, sure, that will earn your way to wealth. But for most people, just having a job, doesn't matter how much you might like the job, that's not going to earn your way to wealth. You might be, you know, okay-ish, but the only way to really grow wealth is through savings and investing. So I'm, I'm ignoring things like winning money, marrying into money. By far statistically talking, the most people that are financially independent have done it through simple savings and simple investings. And this is one thing that we are really big on teaching, that any time you make any money from word go, you've got to start saving. In fact, we, start, we, we, we immediately say, we want you to think of every dollar as 80 cents for yeah. the rest of your life because 20 percent of everything you make right from now whether it's money you get from your aunt for christmas or from your e-commerce business or even from your first job mm -hmm. every dollar is actually only 80 cents because you're going to save 20 percent of it straight away and and we can talk about where we save and where we invest it and that if you do that at a young age just and particularly if you put it in a vehicle that pays compounding interest that we talked about uh, earlier just within 11 12 years that's going to make you very close to seven figures depending on how much you put away so yeah. wow. to answer your question that's where the, the saving comes in everybody that is financially wealthy has learned to become a good saver i want to say that again because it's important for anyone listening to parenting our future right now this podcast anybody that's financially successful has learned to be a good saver it doesn't matter how much it's the habit of saving and that's what we mm. teach at the end of every month we want our child or teen to put away 20%. Anybody listening right now can do this. Just put away a, a fraction and it doesn't matter the dollar. It's the habit of doing it every month because those, those small incremental growth, baby steps, imperfect action, if they're invested in a compounding vehicle, can do well. Now we've got things such as cryptocurrency, which is so crazy and volatile and up and down. But even if you put a tiny amount of that 20%, we wouldn't recommend all of it by any means, but if you, if you diversify <laughs> that 20% into crypto, I mean, that could blow up hugely in a few years. It may not. 
I, I personally think it will. But uh, anyway, so that's where we teach about the importance of saving and investing. But we can't save and invest until we have some money to save and invest. So that's why we, we teach how to make money first before saving and investing. That's all within the, the LEAP model. And the PVAC being, um, being somebody that, that uh, helps others tithe some of your money. Um, and we can talk more about that later if you like. But that's essentially yeah. how we teach how to make, grow, scale and give back money. That's so nice. We we used to have uh, three little piggy banks for our kids when they got money. Wow. One, one was just like to like spend, save, and give. I so, love that. Yeah. But seriously, that's now, did you have that when you were a kid out of interest? No. So you started. Can you remember how old your kids were when you started that? Right away, like well, probably three three years old. So it was save, spend, and what was the other one, sorry? Give. Save, oh gosh. And, yeah. and were they, were you quite religious about, you know, making yeah. sure that, mm -hmm. and so do you think we, it's impacted them? Yeah, it was so sweet because my, my one son, um, he did a, a lemonade stand that he wanted to do for charity. And so we gave, uh, we gave his money, uh, the money from the, the lemonade stand, plus money that we uh, had in his account. And we, uh, we presented, I think, $250. Um, oh we goodness. gave it to Ronald McDonald House, yeah, to help other yeah. kids. Yeah, so... You see, what I love about that, apart from obviously helping the charity, is you, you cannot, no pun intended, put a, a value on how powerful that is for a 13 or 14 year old. You just, you, that, that's, you don't know how your life is gonna be pushed down a slightly different trajectory of that feeling of, of helping others and giving back. And yeah. I'm not saying that to say the right thing. You just, and imagine you do that, you know, again, incremental growth. Imagine if everybody does that a little bit, you're gonna change everybody's perception rather than living in a scarcity mindset and a, and a yeah. me too mindset. Yeah. If we start to think of, we actually encourage that 10% is given away as tithe completely. So essentially 90% of everything you make, you can then split up into different investments, but 10% you give off the top, very similar, I suspect, to what you were doing. Exactly, but that yeah. changes everything. So I love the fact that you did that. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was really nice, and and uh, and of course, you know, we want we want our kids to 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 have that instilled in them, you know, kindness yeah. and generosity and that sort of thing. But you know, the one thing that you said that I think bears repeating as well is that your job, your income, is not necessarily going to give you that financial freedom later in life. Mm. I think that is the first thing we need to tell our our kids like you know i mean you're the expert not me but but that is like i was sitting here like mind blown because that is so true right because our salaries just get us mm. by especially yeah. nowadays right they just get us by and then it's you know it's the profit sharing or the stock options or you know yeah. whatever 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 that are the company gives that we're actually counting on for the for the absolutely. future absolutely so that is it's, such a good point. It's yeah. such a, and it, it really is almost a taboo thing to say. If you say this particularly to maybe somebody of a certain age, let's say, if you say to them, you're not going to earn your way to wealth, it, yeah. it can almost be quite insulting because it's like, how dare you? You know, I've worked hard. It's like, well, this is the reality. People are living longer. I mean, look, let's look at social security. You know, social security was set up to look, at, look after people that were, you know, 65 years and older when it was set up just after the um it was in second world war just after the great depression the average age expectancy was 63 so it was <laughs> set up and they knew that most people wouldn't even live 
to you know to 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 actually want to use it now that's totally pivoted now the somebody born today can expect to live to over 100 years old the average age expectancy now in america couple is 92 years old we can easily have 30 years of retirement you know you can easily be retired for maybe just as long as you were working so is a system such as social security that was set up just to help the small amount of people that might live over 65 it's it's no longer going to work so my point being earning your way from a job to wealth is not the answer anymore you have to think smarter you have to have a side hustle you have to be doing something else ideally you have to have multiple streams of income and that can be just from doing as simply as what we're talking about sure get a job absolutely nothing wrong with that we're not saying don't get a job but don't stay in that job think about eventually i might do a job for a few years and then maybe then i'll set up my own job and have people working for me so i'm becoming an employer rather than an employee and then maybe move up the next level which you know could become if you like a director of a few businesses then maybe the next level which is if you like an investor level where you're investing in other businesses and i think that that's wasn't taught when I was at school. I genuinely was from the kind of the generation of, um, you know, get a good job, work hard and um, get a pension sort of thing. Well, yeah. how's that going for everybody these days? Yeah. The reason why 95% of America is in debt and scarcity, it's because of that outdated and it, things should change. Millennials now would laugh at you if they said, I mean, statistically talking, I was reading this the other day. Did you know, Robin, you might find this fascinating. One in two people are going to be doing a different job in two years from now. One in two. Wow. And I see this in Uber drivers. I jump into Ubers and often I like chatting to them and they say, yeah, two years ago I was an accountant or two years ago I was a photographer. It's like everything is transitioning these days. They're even yeah. saying something scary like 40% of jobs when our children leave school right now, as you and I are talking, don't even exist. Exactly. We don't even know what they are. They'll be in blockchain or AI or stuff yeah. that we can't even get our head around. Exactly. So yeah, it's crazy so that, times. That, that means as parents, we, we have to remember that there are so many unknowns and we can't just funnel our kids into what Absolutely. we were taught or the world that so we So say would... getting a job and staying in the job is such an outdated, and actually, let's be frank, doing a disservice to children yeah. and teens if we, if we yeah. say that that's what you should do because that's how it was in my day. Well, you know, the only constant in life is death, taxes, and change, isn't it? So we need to embrace all of them. <laughs> death and taxes, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Oh my goodness, yeah, that is. Uh, so, what do you what do you say? And I, I don't know if you say anything about this. I'm just going to throw you a curveball here. But what do you say about how um, materialistic we are? How you know uh, you've got teens making money, but but they want to spend two hundred dollars on a pair of shoes, like. How do you reconcile those kinds of things? Like how brands? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how to say it, but you know what I mean. No, I do know what you mean. It's a very big. Uh, we're almost kind of branching into the personal growth uh, area, which is absolutely fine. True. I, I'm absolutely so passionate about that. In fact, I think I think Jim Rowan said this back in the day. He said, "Work harder on yourself than on your business." And I've always thought that's a very mm -hmm. smart thing to say about about life. One thing we we try and instill is that. Um, Social comparison is, is the thief of happiness. Yeah. That sounds like a very kind of dramatic thing to say. I think Wayne Dyer said something like that originally. But we, we do teach that we are living in this world where, where everybody is, is comparing their life literally through, uh, through you know, filters as, as into other people's lives. And we really do teach that once we go down that path and we, easy, we understand how easy it is to go down the path, that's a very slippery slope. Because at the end of the day, we... What we should be doing, and we teach this in, in financial, is, is, 
it sounds again a little bit cliche, but the only competition really should be with ourselves. We should be asking ourselves, how have I grown today? How have I improved slightly today? And we encourage in, in our play section, particularly we have templates that people can download and fill out. Again, when your head is on the pillow and doing this as an adult is a great thing to do as well. In fact, I'd encourage everybody listening to Parenting Our Future right now, tonight when you're in bed, just say to yourself in all honesty, total brutal honesty, how have I improved today in some way, whether it's mentally, spiritually, physically, emotionally, relationship-wise, contribution-wise, and just ask yourself and be completely you know, brutal. And if, if you can't think of it, then you probably have not had some sort of tiny incremental growth that day. And that's okay because it's good to acknowledge that, but let's not repeat that tomorrow. So really to answer your question, we're, we're teaching the importance of baby steps, of incremental growth, of imperfect action, of comparing yourself to how you were yesterday rather than versus anybody else. And I find when we start to think about that, the kind of the comparison trap of spending $200 on a pair of sneakers or, you know, somebody dropping loads of stuff on YouTube tends to disperse a little bit because we tend to become more focused on understanding actually the real races with myself and how I was yesterday and how I can become a slightly better person tomorrow than how I was today. Does that answer it? Yeah, or? I think it does. Um, you know, I, I, you know, of course I'm, I'm channeling my 15 year old right now thinking, you know, uh, how would, you know, how would he be about that? And yeah, I think, I think you're absolutely right because at the end of the day, let's like, let's break it down. You, you want to buy those shoes because maybe you want to impress someone that person doesn't matter for your future, right? Like that's not the thing. That's not the thing that matters, right? It's look, you know what? It, it, there's nothing wrong with having those if you have your priority straight, don't you think? Uh, I do. I also would say it is it's quite like, that's a good example of the sneakers. It is also, I would say there's nothing wrong with having that goal of your 15 year old wanting to buy the sneakers because mm -hmm. he likes that girl or that guy, you know, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I think yeah. kind of having, yeah, exactly. Having, having, um, having goals. Well, Here's the thing. The only reason I hesitate with having goals is I've got this slight thing about goal setting and uh, there's nothing wrong with having goals. But I think the real secret is, is, is to actually have, have good habits because goals themselves can actually cause a lot of stress. If you look at the Olympic athletes, they've all got the same goals to win the gold. But, you know, of course, not everybody does. So even losers, if you like, still have the same goal. So the, I think uh, James Clear talks about this in Atomic Habits. He says that the key thing is, is that you don't want to rise to the level of your goals but actually what you want to do is you want to rise the level of your systems. Can we mm. getting a little bit semantic -y here? But my point is if you can come up with good daily systems rather than being goal orientated. Mm. So rather than, for example, thinking, I don't know, I want to lose 10 pounds. It's a lot better to start. To, to, it's, I mean, it's fine to have as a goal because it steers you in the direction, but it's a lot more powerful to say to yourself, I just want to spend a bit of time investigating healthy diet and maybe learning a few more recipes that, that are going to increase my, my health. Let's say that's a better, because then you've got a system that can get you to the goal rather than just throwing out the goal. That's why often dream boards and vision boards, nothing wrong with those, but what often happens is you cause quite a lot of anxiety because people will have the house, have the income, have all this and secretly kind of not feel that congruence that they can actually do it, but don't want to admit that because everybody else has these dream boards. But if you change that and focus on having a system, to buy that house rather yeah. than the house itself it's like right. okay i need to have a little business that makes me three thousand dollars a month what could i learn that would allow me to do that that i think is 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 the key
And that's the shift. That's the shift there. That's the I shift. I think it is. I really yeah. do. Again, that's goals steer you where you want to go. But if you just focus on goals, I think it's, I think we just need to all come up with good systems and get really yeah. clear on our systems Planning are. system. Yeah. 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 That's, that's, that's really, that's really, it's really good. I like that a lot. Um, okay. I'm going to have to change some things once we're done here. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I, I, I have goals as well, but yeah. um, no, it's um, yeah. just having a goal. It's, it's, it's sort of, it's like an endorphin hit. It makes us feel good. We've got that ink and goal. We see it on our, see it on yeah. our vision board and it kind of can fake us out. Now, if you've got a clear strategy, how to get there, great. Then you have sort of got systems. Most people don't though. And they'll That's get right. excited about, yeah, I want that 20 grand a month gig. And it's like, well, what are you going to do? I'm going to meditate about it and think about it. It's like, <laughs> okay, it's, I'm sorry. That's not going to work. It's going to be you in the moment. You need to go back to school. Yeah. You need to learn some new, uh, uh, who is it that said, um, I think it was Jim Rowan. Actually it was, it was Jim Rowan. He said, uh, he said the number one question he often got asked was how can, how can somebody would ask me, how can I make more money? And he'd say, you make more money. In fact, it's a really great, I learned a lot from him. He said, um, you make more money by becoming more valuable. I thought that's so simply and beautifully articulated. Mm. So therefore the question is, well, how do you become more valuable? And the mm. answer to that is you become more valuable by learning new skills. So my point okay. is if somebody listening right now wants to make more money, let's say, and I know it's not all about money, but if that is the goal, how do we make more money? You make more money by learning new skills. So if you're not learning new skills, then you're essentially sort of going to stay at the same level because you're not becoming more valuable. He goes on to explain how a lot of people you often hear complain, like it's not fair that an NFL footballer gets 30 million a season, yet somebody working minimum wage at McDonald's gets, you know, $13 an hour. It's like, well, hang on. Is it really not fair? Maybe it is fair because the value that the person working at McDonald's brings to the marketplace is, is very, very low. Nothing against them as a person, let me clarify. I'm sure they're a great person or a great husband or a great mother or father or son. It's nothing against them personally. What I'm saying is the value they bring to the marketplace is low because anybody could do that. Whereas an NFL football player or a rock star, you know, the value that they bring is high because they've got more skills. So therefore, mm -hmm. if we want to make more money, we need to learn more skills is kind of my right. point so i think yeah, i'm going to a bit of a tangent there no i think that's a good point well and and as somebody who worked at mcdonald's met my husband at mcdonald's yes yeah i you know definitely yeah i <laughs> see what you mean but but also you know the the footballer you're talking about is not just playing the game they're training they're working they're doing you know it's they're affecting not just... the share price they're affecting twenty thousand people before lockdown coming to the stadium and again yeah. let's just let me just clarify it. I, i'm obviously not saying i don't want anybody to think i'm saying anything's wrong about working at mcdonald's that's no, not what i'm not. saying you're not saying that i'm just yeah. saying the value that you bring to the marketplace in a job like that is low as it is mm -hmm. in anything where anybody could do yeah. So, and that's just yeah. a fact. It's not a slur on anybody's character. No, um, no. And, and let's be honest, so you got to start somewhere, right? So of this course. is, yeah, uh, absolutely. No, I mean, yeah. So that's what we said earlier. Start there, but don't stop there. Yeah. Start there, get a little bit of an extra income, start to save this 20% that we talked about, put it in mm -hmm. a little investment of compounding thing. Doesn't matter how small it is, get those habits that we've talked about. So now we're beginning to do what we talked about, little incremental growth every day. It yeah. doesn't matter how much you're doing. And then once you've had the job at McDonald's for a few years, you start thinking, oh, maybe I can have my own little business doing something. Yeah. And that's where it all yeah. starts. Yeah, I, I love it. I, I cannot wait to talk to my boys about this. I can't <laughs> wait. I can't. What are their I'm names? Serious. 
uh, Parker and Aiden. So Parker's oh, my nice. oldest. Uh, Aiden is the one who'll be 13 soon. And, uh, and yeah, I could see them, um, you know, I could see them doing it. My, my Aiden is an artist. He loves drawing anime. I can see him selling those drawings. I can see, oh. I can see Parker selling all of our stuff. I mean, let's I just like, you see, I mean, gonna be empty. My I love that Robin. You see, the wonderful thing is now that there's the tools out there like, you know, Etsy, for example, particularly for creatives like Aiden. I mean, Etsy is made for creatives. And so if he has some artwork, you, you know, you take a picture, you don't, you simply put up the picture, make, put it on Etsy. I pretty much would guarantee he'd make some sales. And then suddenly yeah. then we're kind of learning about entrepreneurship and e-commerce and he's tapping into creativity and he's doing something he loves. And it's like, gosh, then again, like we said at the beginning of this conversation, it's not really about the money anymore. It's about the increase in self-confidence and self-esteem that kind yeah. of ensues as a result of implementing something new. Well, kids too feel so powerless in their lives, right? They're told, you know, what to do pretty much every moment of the day. So for them yeah. to take, to, to have some power in their own lives, I think that's, you know, that, that makes sense to me that that confidence would just grow. It makes I total love, sense to me. I love yeah. the fact you said that. I did a talk recently just before lockdown in, in London, which is where I'm from. I've been living in LA for the last few years. And during the, the lunch break, I, did, I missed the lunch break because there was a line of uh, teenagers wanting to speak to me. And the only reason I'm saying that is I could see, I could see in their eyes, this kind of this, it was so beautiful, Robin. It was like, I don't even know how to articulate it. It was like this hunger that, that some I sense that they haven't even had any support. I mean, your, your children, Parker and Aiden, are obviously very lucky having you as a mum to support them. But I could see in these situations where I was talking that a lot of these teens didn't even have an outlet in their environment to kind of share these secret desires about bettering themselves. And you mm. could see there was this fire that just needed to be stoked. So yeah. I agree with you. I think it's, it is there in most people. Often it's just like, just like all of us, we just need to be taken by the hand and mentored and kind of steered in the right yeah. direction. And particularly now with tools and technology that have really made the barrier to entry so low to do anything that there really has never been a better time for a child or teen to explore, you know, taking control of their financial destiny without putting too finer a point on it. Yeah. I, you know what? I think what you've just shared, uh, it has just really, I hope it's excited everybody that's listening. Cause I'm, I'm excited to, oh, to look you. at this in such a different way. I love this. And, and, and you do have the, uh, financial freedom site, uh, but you also have getfunbook.com forward slash podcast, yes. which, anybody can, 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 can grab. And I'll put that in the show notes as well. Um, oh, can you, you tell me about that book and, and, of and, course. There and, and how it helps parents? So essentially uh, when we started financial, which was about four years ago now or so, um, we, we've kind of got, we've got a few different ways of getting the message out. We have a, we have a, a charity arm, we have a book and we have a membership site. So one of these things is, is the book. So myself, my business partner, we wrote a book called Rethink Money for Children and Teens. And it's quite unique because we, there's a lot of books, of course, on the subject matter of finance and aiming at finance for children and teens as well. But we read most of the books and most of the books are aimed at the parents to yeah. convey that information to their child or teen. And before you and I actually jumped on this podcast, we were having another conversation about it's, it's, it's one thing to know something. It's another thing to be able to communicate that thing in an easy to understand manner. And we realized yeah. there wasn't really a book that communicated effectively to children and teens directly and spoke, you know, in their language without patronizing them, obviously, or talking down to them, but just explaining uh, simple money concepts, how to 
uh, learn about money, how to earn money, how to grow and scale and how to give back and impact others. So um, we've written a book that's a really fun, easy read. I mean, it's quite a robust book. It's still like 200 pages or something. Mm. But um, I'd be thrilled to give your listeners of Parenting Our Future a free copy. And you very kindly mentioned if you want to go to getfunbook.com forward slash podcast, you can grab a free copy there. And it explains the concepts of growing, making, saving and investing and learning all about money. Oh, that's great. Thank you. That is so valuable. And um, just being here, I know that you have impacted some of the 1 million people that you are looking to impact uh, oh, as gosh, your goal, really. your mission. Um, you know, <laughs> I think I think that is so great. You know what? And this will have a ripple effect through the generations as well. And that is part of real change. So thank you for, for what you're doing. Thank you for spending time with me today. Uh, this has been so great and so fun. It's been such so. a treat speaking with you. It's gone so quickly. Thank you, Robin. Thank you to everyone at Parenting Our Future uh, podcast listeners for, you know, putting up with me. And I, I appreciate the invitation, Robin. Thank you ever so much. Oh, thank you. Thank you for listening to this edition of my podcast, Parenting Our Future. I'm parent coach Robin McMahon, and if you're enjoying this podcast, please share it with someone who you think might also need to hear this message. And don't forget to subscribe, and if you like my work, I'd be grateful if you gave me a five-star rating. For those of you who like my content and want more, visit me at yellingcurebook.com to get your copy of my book and to find other resources to help you. Until next time, I am wishing you and your family peace and connection.